Welcome to Tropeful, a weekly look at how trope influences our understanding of our texts. I'm Cantor David Reinwald, and this week we look at the fifth portion in the Torah, Parashat Chayesara. This week's portion, although named the life of Sarah, actually begins with Sarah's death and then the aftermath, as Abraham searches for a place to bury his beloved wife while he is in the city of Hebron, in a land among strangers. We really feel for Abraham at this emotional turning point in his life, and we see how he holds strong through these tough times. This is a portion that is also somewhat special to me. I recall it as one of the first that I chanted during my first year in cantorial school while living in Israel. It also is one of four portions that includes one of the rarest of tropes. The Shalshelet, meaning a chain, which also happens to be my favorite trope, even though I probably have only chanted it about once. I love this trope and all of its 14 notes. Let me sing it for you now, and maybe you will immediately love it too. Shalashelet I consider this trope to be a highlighter trope, which means with its florid chain of notes, it automatically makes whatever word it happens upon stand out. There are three shalshelets in Genesis alone, and then one at the beginning of Leviticus. I do have to report that I unfortunately missed the first shalshelet last week in Parashat Vayera. It is important to note that in that portion, it falls at a minor part of the portion, right in the middle of chapter 19, verse 16. And in this week's portion, the Shalshalit also doesn't fall exactly where you might expect it. I would expect it perhaps earlier on in the first story of Sarah's death and burial, but it is actually found toward the beginning of the second story of this portion, However, a story that takes up a much more significant amount of the portion, the charge to Abraham's servant Eliezer to find a suitable wife for Isaac. And when that story begins in chapter 24, Eliezer isn't so sure of his ability to procure a wife for Isaac, but Abraham sets him forth with this very important and unfailable task. And here is where the Shalshelet pops up at chapter 24, verse 12, on the word Vayomer. Vayomer! Now, as we have seen before, the word Vayomer is not descriptive. It just notes that Eliezer is speaking, so whatever Eliezer says after this word must hold great weight. However, after the word Vayomer, there is a mafsik pause, just as we discussed last week. The mafsik pauses the action to say that Eliezer must have been thinking really hard before he muttered any of the words that follow. He was perhaps bothered by the situation at hand, the great weight of the task put upon his shoulders, and it isn't only the task that has him worried. He is praying on behalf of the welfare of his master Abraham, worried about Abraham's welfare in the aftermath of the death of his beloved. 
there is a great connection between Abraham and the otherwise seemingly minor character of Eliezer, who was also present at Abraham's side last week when Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael were up on Mount Moriah. And so the words Eliezer speaks following the Shalshelet on Vayomer and the Mafsik read, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, please cause to happen to me today and perform loving kindness with my master Abraham. This sentence is chanted fairly routinely, but notably, the term loving kindness, va'aseh chesed, is chanted with a zakef gadol, the trope that I noted two weeks ago, which makes the word or phrase it is found on stand out. Clearly, this is the most important desire of Eliezer's prayer, both for himself and for Abraham. Listen now to the full verse, including the shalshelet, the mafsik pause, and then the zakef gadol toward the end. Vayomer Adonai Elohei Adoni Avraham Hakrenalifnei Hayom Vaasechesed Im Adoni Avraham as the story proceeds, Eliezer meets Rebecca and determines she is perfect for Isaac. One of the most famous Midrashim on this portion speaks of the very first sentence in the portion, which denotes Sarah's age when she died, 127 years. But the Hebrew writes 100 years, and 20 years, and 7 years. Why does it do this? The Midrash notes that it details Sarah's best qualities. When she was 100, she was as innocent as a 20-year-old, and when she was 20, she was as beautiful as a 7-year-old girl. Perhaps this is why the story of Rebecca becoming Isaac's wife takes up so much of this portion. Eliezer was searching for a wife for Isaac, who would embody the best attributes of his mother, whom he so clearly loved and now missed. And this is literally confirmed at the end of chapter 24, the chapter which embodies this entire story. In verse 67, the final verse, Isaac takes Rebekah to Sarah's tent, and it is there that it is noted that he loves her and he marries her. And the final phrase of four words of the verse notes that Isaac was only then comforted over the loss of his mother. This is what also closes the fifth traditional aliyah of this portion. There is so much great wisdom to be found in all of these stories that we are journeying through in the book of Genesis, so I hope you find yourself just as enlightened as I do. And if you know of others who would enjoy studying Torah through the perspective of the trope and this podcast, please share Tropeful with them. I am also very excited that you can now find Tropeful on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app, as well as Stitcher, and of course, via our dedicated website at tropeful.net. You can find the links for iTunes and Stitcher on this week's episode page on the website. And so for now, I look forward to meeting again next week for our inspiring journey of Torah through Trope. And until then, be Tropeful. Tropeful.